honor it is always to be able to present the word of God to you. See, it's so much more to me than a word. The word became flesh, and that word is a person, is Jesus. Amen? So I'm sharing from the heart of God, a loving father to you. All right, I'm going to present something to you guys right now. If I told you you had a million dollars in your backyard, and then I gave you some tools to find it, I'm going to tell you what those tools are, and you can choose, okay? One is a pair of 3D glasses that'll tell you exactly where, where that treasure is, that million dollars. Two, I'll give you a spoon, and then, you're going to, then I'll give you a shovel and a backhoe. What would you choose? You can choose more than one. What would you choose? A backhoe, and what else? The 3D glasses. Why would you choose that? You could use it for what purpose? Find it faster, maybe? Find it quicker. Thank you, Pastor. The quicker you find it, and then when you find it, what are you going to do with it? You're going to spend it on things like what? This is going to be interactive, you guys. This way I could keep you with me. What are you going to do with it? You're going to spend it on what? On a phone. Things that what will make your life better, right? Maybe someone else's life better. Okay, but the problem with that, a million dollars may sound pretty sweet to you right now, but it's limited to things it can take care of monetarily, only physical things. I'm going to present to you today that we have a treasure on the inside of us that'll take care of more than just physical monetary things. It'll take care of spirit, soul, and body. Does that sound like it's something good to you guys? The title for my message today is actually two different topics. And these two topics are the very subjects that I learned in Bible college that caused me to have a miracle right in Bible college. Amen. It was miraculous. I'm writing a book on it. And I believe that uh, hopefully somebody told me, they go, hey, maybe they'll make a movie about it. And I thought, wow, that's awesome. They're really thinking. Hopefully it'll come out on Sid Roth. Um, the inside story with uh, my spiritual father, Andrew Womack. And anyway, I'm just believing God big. Not for me, not for my face to get out there, but this set me free from deep depression. And see, a lot of people don't know, even in the church, that you can be healed instantly, even from depression, even from whatever loss. You know, mine just happened to be divorced. But if you lost a loved one, you know, you can get healed instantly. Now, you're going to have to track with me closely to get this. I want you to imagine that we're going to go through a maze, and at the end of that maze, there's the treasure. That treasure has your name on it, but you need to track with me. So keep your focus. I know our minds can wander easily. Amen? I know mine does, but what I'm going to teach you today, mainly, primarily, is how to hear the voice of God, because he's always communicating with you. He's not always so much talking, but he is always communicating. Does that make sense? Because sometimes it could be a song, it could be a movie, but he's, what he's doing to communicate to you more than anything is his love for you. That's what this is all about. When you get to the meat and to the root of this, the whole reason we were born, we're on this earth, is because God is love and he wanted a family and he wanted friends. Amen. And that's you and I. So when he's reaching out, he's reaching out through a heart of love 
to your heart. Listen to this. This is key. The word of God is written to your heart, not your head. I'm going to say that again. The word of God, the Bible, it's written to your heart, not to not your head. When you understand it from a heart of love, God's love to your heart, you get a whole new Bible. You'll begin to discern when you hear a message or a song or wherever you're going to hear the source of Bible study. You're going to think, well, that doesn't sound like a heart of love, unconditional love for me. And let me tell you, it's going to kick out a lot of different messages or songs that you, you can hear. And, you, and then something else that's very important. The Word of God is written to one of the three parts of you. I'm getting a little bit ahead. And it's also talking in past, present, and future tense. Once you get these things established, you're going to be like, oh, okay, that's talking. That happened, right? The cross is behind me. All that happened. This is happening now, and that's going to happen in the future. Does that make sense? Okay, my two topics are the true nature of God, knowing that God is a God of love. Amen. Everything he does, it's based on his love for you because he is love. If you could possibly do uh, a test on God or check his DNA or what is it, like an autopsy on God and you looked under that little microscope, all his makeup is love. He can't help himself. He is made of love. So knowing that, you're going to get a whole new Bible. Amen? You're going to go get a whole new father. You're going to get a whole new God. The second part of my message is spirit, soul, and body. If you guys get these two things established, you're going to be set for life. You're going to know that there's a treasure. It's not out there somewhere in the heavens. It's on the inside of you. And I'm going to teach you how to access that treasure. Does that sound like something good, you guys? I'm going to be asking you questions. So make sure you're tracking with me. Right, Amanda? I always... I teach Amanda Bible studies, and I'm like, we're going we're gonna to track, and we're going to go through the progression, right? Step one, two, three, and four. And when we track, and we progress, and we take these steps forward, there's treasure, and treasure, and treasure. Amen? The treasure is within. I'm going to start with my first verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. It's so important that everything that somebody says, that it's confirmed with the scripture, Okay? Or else it's just people could be just talking randomly. You need, to, you need to check it with the word of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, But we have this treasure. Aren't we talking, of, talking about a treasure? In earthen vessels. You and I are that earthen vessels. It means in a human body, right? That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. This is God's excellence power living within us. Okay. I want you to imagine three pairs of shoes here guys, okay? One is spirit. These next shoes are my soul, and here's my body. The soul and the body are the flesh. They work together, okay? The spirit is your born-again spirit. If you're born again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, some verses I'll just quote. If any man be in Christ, he is, is that past, present, or future? Right now, that's a present state of being all the time. So I is then, I is, I, I will is in the future. That might sound funny, but it, it's a present tense state of being. He is a brand new creation. All the old, how much of the old? All the old is passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. So I'm going to tell you this, okay? We had a nature, it was a fallen nature, 
When we got born again, that old nature was taken out. That was actually the nature of the, the devil. Doesn't mean we were demon-possessed. Some people I know can act like that. I know I've acted like that. Don't cut me off in traffic. I'm just okay. So I'm okay. I'm okay. Let me step over into the spirit shoes. Father, and then I think, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. <laughs> it's okay. So we do have a new nature. That old nature was taken out, and then the nature of God was put in us. It was put in right here. I hope this makes sense to you guys, okay? I am three parts. You are three parts. You're a spirit, your soul, and a body. The one that you learn to operate at, out of will determine how much of the treasure that's in you that could be released out. I was in such a desperate place when I was in that deep, dark depression, and I'm sitting in, in Bible college, and I'm hearing spirit, soul, and body taught. And when he says, there's nothing missing, nothing broken, there's no harm, there's no pain, and then he said, there's no divorce there. And I said, is that true, God? And bam, it was like I was instantly in a bubble, and I was 100% sealed in my spirit. I'm going to step like this on purpose so you guys can understand what I mean by spirit, soul, and body. And the whole room went like this, and the voice of the teacher went real low, and it was just heavenly bliss. I know what heaven feels like, you guys. It's the absence of anything hurtful or painful. Instantly, all the depression left. You know why? Because all things were passed away. That old nature is gone. The remnants, remnants of it is gone. First John 4, 17 says that as he is, so are we in this world. As he is in the new creation. My spirit is identical to Jesus. Ounce for ounce, equal to Jesus. Blasphemy. Don't think like that. If I was here in the soul, in the flesh, that would be blasphemy. I'm not one with, I'm not equal with God here in my flesh because sin still happens there. Amen? Yeah. So God had to clean a place and make room for himself and clean that room and that place so good, it had to be at his level of holiness and righteousness and purity. That's a good name for a book, right? The power of purity. That he can come in and dwell in that place. Amen? So he had to take that old nature out to put his nature in. It's in the new creation. I'm going to give you some verses. Let's see what we've got. John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless it's born again and the spirit of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Let me tell you what's going on here. <clears throat> you guys know who Nicodemus is? Yeah. Do you guys remember that he used to sneak at night and he would ask Jesus questions. So I think this is so cool because he said, man, you have to be from God. Nobody can do the miracles that you're doing unless they're sent from God. So he's talking about supernatural things. Then Jesus tells him, said to you, okay, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He's talking about you have to be born naturally first and then a supernatural birth. I'm talking about spiritual things here, you guys. So if, um, hang, hang in with me. I think this might help you guys. So there's a movie called National Treasure. Somebody mentioned it, and I thought, I'm going to find those glasses. 
because that would be really good to use at this point. See, I'm seeing with the natural, even Jesus said, he goes, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has eyes to see, let him see. He was talking about the eyes of your heart. Amen. He wasn't just talking, he wasn't talking about natural eyes and natural ears. He was saying, see the way I see, hear the way I hear. It's spiritual. It's beyond the five senses, amen, which you could see, which you could smell, which you could taste, which you can hear, which you can feel. There's a sixth sense, and that's where God lives. That's where we tap into God. That's where you can hear him all the time. Okay, so I'm going to put my glasses. So I went to Party Works trying to find these glasses, or trying to find the National Treasure glasses. And I found these, and these are even better, because all of you guys are red. Everything is red. This is how God sees. He sees it through the lens of the finished work of the cross. He sees everything Everything has been made right. The great, great switcheroo. So, I mean, imagine when Jesus is sitting at his right hand, right? Having finished the work. And I kind of think like when he's talking to the Father, you know, I was thinking, he's seeing the holes in his hands every time he talks. You know, Father, I was thinking. And he's like, yeah, uh-huh. And I'm sure God is probably like, ah, oh, just so refreshed. My son completed the work to bring my children back to me. See, so much, time, so much of the time, the cross is preached as forgiveness of sin, as the primary focus. But what it really was about is that God wanted to be restored back to his kids. There just so happened to be there was a great barrier in between, and it was called sin. Sin consciousness, a sin nature. Oh, man felt like I can't. I can't be in the presence of God because he's holy and we were unholy, right? So Jesus comes, dies on the cross, crucifies that nature, draws all the judgment for the sins of the world onto his body and into his soul, takes it down to hell, comes up, puts his blood on the mercy seat and sits down at the right hand of God interceding for us. And God puts his glasses on and he's like, yeah. Now I could see everybody healed. I did have a friend that I worked with on the prayer line at the Bible college I went to, and she goes, Mary, I don't get it. Everybody that comes up for prayer, I see them whole. I see them perfect. I don't see what they're talking about. They're talking about you know, sickness in their body, things that you would see with the natural eye. She goes, I can't see it. She was seeing through the eyes, God's lens, the way God sees this. And I think it is so awesome we could learn to see, like, oh, you guys are back, to see like God sees. I mean, literally, everything's red, red. And when, when I saw those and I thought, oh, Lord, this is even better than those other lenses. But what you can see is you can see your treasure through that lens because it costs Jesus' life to give us his treasure. Amen. The treasure within is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They live in us. They'll never leave us or forsake us. They will never depart from us. It doesn't matter how you feel in your flesh. Yeah. One time I was going through something really difficult, and I was like, God, where are you? I can't feel you. I can't feel you at all. And I, and I was weeping, and he's like, you're looking for me in the wrong place. He said, look from within. And I go, ah, I switched and to the spirit man. And there, I felt the presence of God. 
and then it ma- then he manifested, permeated my whole being out into my room, and I didn't even want to open my eyes because I literally thought I was going to see God. Now, God doesn't primarily, he doesn't have to come with the feeling, but the feelings are nice. It's nice to feel him. It's like, wow, I just feel like I'm getting a God hug. So let's go back to Nicodemus. So what Jesus was trying to do was get Nicodemus to see spiritual things. But Nicodemus kept saying, but, but in the natural, how can I go back into my mother's womb? I'm a grown man. And Jesus goes, no. What I'm talking about is, and then he says, that which is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. And spirit gives life to spirit and flesh, you know, just to flesh. And he still wasn't getting it. But it takes the Holy Spirit for you to understand what I'm saying. The value that you put on the Word of God and the voice of God, you will hear Him every time speak to your heart. Every time. If you learn to tune in to Him. Now, things are kind of different now, but do you guys ever have a radio where you had to tune? You're trying to find maybe music, or your favorite, and then you're kind of like, oh, I think that's my song, or, and then you got to tune it, tune, fine-tune it right, till then you get it. Well, this is what I'm teaching you to do right now. I want you to fine-tune your mind, discipline your mind to tune into the voice of God. Amen? I know how to contact him. We talk every day, and he is amazing, and he wants to meet you at your love language. He's always singing sweet songs to me, beautiful songs, and just. but that's my love language. If yours is to sit and watch a football game with him, he would love to be invited. He'll discuss stats with you. Yeah, he will. He knows them better than you. <laughs> Amen? I don't know if he has any favorite players, but anyway, my team's not playing today, so it's okay. So the treasure is found in the Word of God, and the more you dig... Just like you're going to dig either with a spoon or a shovel or a backhoe, that's how much you're going to reap back. That's how much you will manifest the treasure that's within. I'm going to take you to another parable with Jesus. I don't have those scriptures on here, but I'm going to just break it down for you. He said, if you don't understand this one parable, how shall you understand any other one? A farmer went out to sow seed into all kinds of ground, four different kinds of ground. He's talking to a huge crowd because it has to do with them. And he said, some is hard ground. And then the second one, it's got a little bit of soil. It's got the, it's got some uh, thorns. And then the next one, I don't know what's the next one. Anyway, they're both, they're all bad. None of them produce fruit. They get better. But then the fourth ground is the one that you want to get to. All of us need to get there because in the fourth ground is the only place that the treasure shows up. Do you know that? That the blessings only show up in the fourth ground. And you know what's funny? It's that ground doesn't have more. It has less. Less weeds, less thorns. All those things that represent the cares of the world, they're distractions, you guys. Anybody been distracted yet? (laughs) They're distractions. Amen? And I think sometimes that we can give, I know I've done it, too much power to the devil because Jesus defeated him on the cross. Disarm, defeated. I know he's a prince of the power of the air, but I got good news for you. My God is the king of the universe. And that king will trump a prince any day. Amen? And don't forget that. And you're like, well, yeah, he's a prince of power. Yeah, but I got a God who's a king and he and a king of the universe. He'll trump 
a prince any day, especially a defeated one. Amen? Amen? Don't ever forget that, okay? Our real enemy, you know who, what it is? It's the flesh part of us. It's the unrenewed mind. Renew your mind, and then what it's like is like a valve starts cranking up from this side, and the life of God, if you need healing, if you need finances, if you need peace, it's all right here. Amen? Let's skip to Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I already warned him. I said, hey, I might skip around. There we go. Now I'm going to tell you what's going on. Let me show you the difference, you guys, of what's going on in the spirit, what's going on in, in the flesh, okay? So this is going on in your spirit 24-7. You have access to this. You see this and you're like, wow, I never have to pray for, you know, love, joy, peace, all these things. Um, let me also let you know that these are not man's type of fruit. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is God. This is what he's like. So when you see the fruit of the Spirit is, it's really God's love, God's joy, God's peace, God's long-suffering, God's kindness, God's goodness, God's faithfulness. Okay? His gentleness and self-control. So if you ever say, like, well, I couldn't help myself couldn't control myself. Yes, you could. And you're talking about this person. But what you need to do, know how to do is access what's already in your spirit. So much so, you guys, what you need to do is learn how to access from the spirit so much that you learn to change shoes and you learn to live out of this person. Instead of visiting the spirit, man, learn to live out of the spirit and occasionally you'll, you'll visit the soul. Is that, does that make sense? Learn to walk in the Spirit. That's Romans 8. He said, walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the di- desires of the flesh. Amen? Amen. So he's, what he's saying is learn to live out of the Spirit, man, and then you won't be yielding to the things of the flesh. Because the flesh and the Spirit, they're warring against each other. This is in Romans 8, okay? They're contrary to one another. They're contradicting one another. They're not, in, they're not in unison. Does that make sense? So, and don't get frustrated when you miss it in the flesh because you will, all right? Because two-thirds of us is working out our salvation. One-third of our salvation is complete. This is where 1 John 4, 17 says, as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, how can I be like Jesus? This man, the new creation, is identical to Jesus. Identical. Wall, I, one third of me is wall to wall Holy Ghost. And nothing bad and nothing evil and nothing harmful could ever get in there. Because it's God in me. The new creation came with God built into it. Isn't that so awesome? I'm one with God. I have felt that, you guys. It is amazing. It is out of the, it literally, it's like out of this world. To know what heaven feels like, and I'm nothing or no one special. God loves us all the same. You can learn to tap into that. And when you do, it's like, when that happened to me in Bible college, I remember I just stood like this, and I didn't want to move, because I knew something supernatural was happening, and I didn't want it to stop, because it felt so good to not be in that pain. Amen? And so I've, ta- I've told a lot of people this that are, that are hurting, dealing with loss. And I said, I could teach you how. God showed me how you can be free. 
right here and right now. But see, the things of God are understood spiritually. You have to use your imagination. Amen? Your heart has to believe. and Believe and receive and doubt and do without. Okay? So I'll tell them, and they're like, no, no, but this is real. Watch me. They're in the flesh. They're like, no, but this is real. This is a reality. Yeah, it's a reality. It's a temporal, temporal reality. But there's a supernatural reality. If you can learn to step over into the spiritual realm, the, who I am in Christ, right? That's spirit man. This is discerned spiritually, you guys. And I know this could go over right over your head. It takes the Holy Spirit to bring revelation and an understanding to you, right? But if you get this, you'll never think, oh, I need, I need peace, joy, love. I need to feel your peace, God, or I need to have peace. And, and just know, I'm standing in the wrong shoes. I have the peace of God. Jesus says, my peace I leave with you. I bequeath it to you. That's a legal term that you put in the last will and testament. Didn't you know that? He said, I bequeath it to you. Not the world's kind of peace. My peace. The peace that caused him to sleep in the bottom of a ship when it was filled with water. And they said, alas, master, don't you care? We're going to die. And he's like, gets up and he rebukes the wind and the waves. There's one translation that says that all he said was, shh. Amen. It's not the amount of words or how loud you say them. It's coming from within, the peace that you have within. You know, in Hebrews 4, 5, and 6, the writer is saying, he's saying on behalf of God, he said, my people have yet to enter into my rest. My people, Hosea 4, 6, my people perish for lack of knowledge. I'm giving you knowledge today. I'm giving you some amazing knowledge that, honestly, I've been studying since I was 18 years old. I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, but I've been digging with a a backhoe, amen? And these are treasures I'm presenting to you that are inside of you. And when you learn to access that, there'll be less phone calls. Can you pray for me? Less phone calls with a prayer line, less things on the outside that you're going to be looking for to bring on the inside because you're going to learn to release the presence of God, the will of God, the blessings of God, the treasure, amen, from the inside out. Are you guys with me? Yes. I'm going to read 1 John 1.8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. Okay, I'm going to show you guys where the three parts of you are. Okay, if we say we have no sin, then we're lying. Okay, I'll tell people this when they say, no, we're sinners, Mary. We're just all sinners, filthy sinners. And, I'm, and I'll read this to them. Yeah, if we say we have no sin, the truth. And they're like, yeah, that's right. And I go, but there's the same author says, there should be another verse right after that. But it says that God's seed is within us and we cannot sin. It's okay if it's not that one. But it's the same author and it's in 1 John. And he says, if we say we have no sin, I mean, if, if the... Sorry, I'm not going to look at that because I'm going to say it from my heart. There's um, a verse that says that God's seed is within us and we cannot sin. How can the same guy be saying two different things? He was talking about spirit, soul, and body. Here, it, it just means that we can still sin. And then he says, but in the new creation, the spirit, he goes, God's seed is in me. God's seed is right here. And it's impossible to sin. My new creation can't sin because it's one with God. 
God can't sin, so my new creation can't sin. So you learn to live out of this man, and then you sin less. Amen? I'm not going to say that you never sin because two-thirds of our salvation is not complete yet. You guys are awfully quiet. Are you guys with me? I'm going to do a pop quiz. <laughs> you guys are with me? Uh, I didn't, I didn't um, well, I do have my notes. Let me go, guys. It's faster to use this. Okay, I'm a spirit, I possess a soul, and I live in a body. Does that make more sense? Let's go back to the beginning. In the garden, God created, he made a man, right? And the man was just laying there lifeless. And then it says that God breathed his life, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That breath of life is Zoe life. That is God's lifestyle. God's nature was put into Adam. When Adam fell, that nature was taken out, and the nature, the fallen nature, which is the nature of the enemy, was put in there. And then what was the first emotion that came? They ran and hide because they were a what? They were afraid and they were ashamed. So the first dominant emotion they were created with and that the spirit holds true is love, unconditional love. When that was taken out and the nature of the enemy was put in, fear was the very first emotion that they felt. So if you take fear like this, and then you could put anxiety and worry and stress, what it is is self-consciousness. I'm conscious of myself, separate from God. You know, that's what Jesus had to go through on the cross. All the, for six hours suffering the penalty for sin. But the last thing he couldn't handle, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he breathed his last breath. He couldn't stand to be separate from God because that's what mankind felt separate from God. We were not meant to live separate from God without a consciousness of God within us. Amen. Amen. I used to have a really hard time imagining that on the cry. I said, Lord, uh, I, well, I was having a conversation with a father and I said, I just can't see that you would turn your back on your son when he was innocent and he needed you the most. And I wrestled with that for several years, and people would try to explain it to me. I go, I know it says in the Bible. I see it. But I know him personally, and he is never one to turn on anybody that is, is doing right, especially his son. This is my son, and who I'm well pleased. And he was doing his very best at the cross. Finally, the Lord told me. He gave me the answer. And he said, it's because I wasn't looking at him as my son. I was looking at him as you. still can't get over that. And that's how he sees it. He wasn't looking at him as his perfect, wonderful son. He was looking at him as every low sinner. You know, and I think about sometimes I hear, and I'm not criticizing how people, you know, teach, but I just want to hear the amazing, unlimited resource of God it's just unlimited. I don't think anybody has ever tapped into it fully. But it's like, okay, God, Jesus was God in the flesh, righteous, holy, you know, pure, amazing, all these wonderful things, okay? But he had to lower himself. 2 Corinthians uh, 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be made sin on our behalf so that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ. In other words, he had to switch places with us. I'll become the lowest of sinners so you can become like me 
and you could be restored back to the Father. You could be made right with the Father. But it's taught so much that he only took sins to this degree. But the filthy, worst, most disgusting, the lowest of lowest, there's a special place in hell for those. I hear it, even from born-again believers. No, no, no. Come on. The blood of Jesus goes to the lowest of lowest. That way he could relate to every sinner, holy, righteous God. He can relate to his. It says in Hebrews, for we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities, but who was at all points tested or tempted as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus can relate to us in every way, born of a woman, came into this world, Amen. Just like us, so he could live on this fallen world, that he could live spirit, soul, and body. In his spirit, he was 100% God, but he had a flesh. That's the only way the enemy could tempt him, because he had a human flesh, and the devil's like, now I can take God's place, because he tried it before, and it didn't work. And he says, ah, now I know how to get humans to trip up through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I can kill, steal, and destroy through those three portals. And the Bible says that we're not ignorant of his devices. We know his tricks. I just told him to you right there. So what you do is you just don't consent and cooperate with him. There's only one of him, you guys. He has been defeated. And he's walking. The Bible says he's walking about as a roaring, as a roaring lion, seeking who, can, who he can devour. If he's been disarmed and defeated, how fast do you think he can walk to be with every one of us? He does show up, but he's showing up to the person that's really devastating his kingdom. Amen? And then when he does, like there's a, a minister, he's gone on to be with the Lord now. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. And he was in England. It was way back when, so the candles were their lights then. Well, as he's getting ready to go to sleep, he sees a figure at the foot of his bed. So he lifts up his candle, and it's the devil. And devil's just looking at him because he's really upset because he's devastating his kingdom. I mean, people are getting radically saved, radically healed. He's casting out devils. I mean, he's having a huge impact on the kingdom of the enemy, right? And so he looks at him and he goes, oh, it's just you. Blows his candle out and rolls over and goes to sleep. Listen, he's a nothing. He is a nobody. Jesus defeated him hands down on the cross. How did he defeat him? He took the nature that was in mankind and he crucified it to the cross. Right. Amen. So that nature could be taken out of us, swapped out. Now we could have God back in us. Where were we were all supposed to be. How it was supposed to be from the beginning. Are you guys with me? I know I'm giving you a lot of information. It's like I'm presenting a loaf of bread. Take the piece that belongs to you. Take the whole loaf if you want to. It's up to you. Save some for later. Make a sandwich. Okay, I'm going to read Romans 12 too. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable will of God. Okay, the renewing of the mind happens in the soul part. All right, that's where you renew your mind and you're finding out who God is, what you mean to him, what he's done for you, what he has for you, right? I'm going to step over to the spirit. And it, here is where we have the mind of Christ, Romans 12, 2. It says, no, I'm sorry, it's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. 
right? Amanda, working with Amanda, she goes, I want to learn scripture. I want to memorize. And she's doing so good. And I said, more than memorization is application because application is the treasure. That's your inheritance. That's the fourth ground, all right? So um, once again, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, who can know the mind of the Lord? But we have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ in your spirit because your soul can act kind of crazy. Where did that thought come from? That's not me. Don't relate to it and be like, well, I I just fell from from grace. I guess I am a sinner, just a wretched sinner. No, you're not. You were. You were a sinner, but then you got saved by grace. And now I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've been made right with God through the blood of Christ. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that, you guys. And then you'll learn to, that's cranking that valve open where the life of God will come out into your soul and it'll drive those bad thoughts out of you. Amen. Thinking the wrong thing about yourself. Because the soul man is causing you to think about yourself. The focus is on you. But the new creation is the focus is on God, who he is. So in Isaiah 26, 3, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he's trusting in you. So if your mind is kept on the Lord, it's not on you. Because once it's on you, you really have switched over and you're living out of your soul. And that's where we fail. That's where we lack Where's the peace at, at God? Where's the joy at God? Where's and he's like, well, look where you're standing. Ah, and you switch over. There's the peace. There's the joy. There's the love. There's the acceptance. Amen? It'll drive out anything. I think of it something like this. If anybody has a better idea, please share with me later. But this is how I see it. Drano? Anybody ever seen how Drano, those old commercials, I used to look at them and like... Man, Drano works great, and it just flushes out all that junk, and it just goes in a hurry, and it goes out, right? That's what it's like to live in the Spirit, okay? And there could be junk happening here. People are born again, and they're still struggling with maybe sins that they did or sins um, that, they ha- that have been done against them or just offenses, unforgiveness. All that stuff's still lingering in their soul, right? So what you need to do is know where... He's already forgiven everybody from this time. Everybody's been forgiven. You've been forgiven. They've been forgiven. There's forgiveness there. And then you connect with that. You accept that. That's that spiritual draino. And it'll just flush all that junk out of your soul and out of your body. Because that junk in your soul will make your physical body sick. That's what will cause depression. High blood pressure. I mean, all the list goes on and on. Amen? As he is, so are you in this world. You want access to God? You have it. 24-7, you have access to God. He is that treasure within. But you know what? Something else? The Bible says that we are his treasure. He saw a treasure. We heard it earlier. For the joy that was set before him. We are that joy. A lot of times I say me. You know, because scripture could say me. Like, again, I'm going to quote as he is, so am I in this world. But I make it personal. As you are, so am I in this world. And that's how I access the blessings. They're not just words. Anybody that knows me or you hang out with me a little bit, you you should be able to see the fruit of the Spirit. I'm a pretty happy person. And I walk up. (laughs) It's funny that um, security, 
They don't even ask how you are. They just tell me, I know you're blessed, highly favored. You're the righteousness of God. You're full of joy. I go, yes, yes. And it's like it was said, if we don't look different to the world, they're not going to want what we have. If we fall apart like a $2 suitcase, when we get bad news, just like the world, they're not going to come to us for help. We carry the helper. We are the body of Christ in this world. When somebody needs help, they should... They should want to, I mean, call us. If they need help, call us. Hey, I'm going through this. Can you pray with me? Absolutely, I'll pray with you. What verse are you standing on? <laughs> if they don't have a verse, but I'll give them one. Get at least a verse because far better than any man's words, the word of God will last forever. It says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. You know why? Because the word is a person and he lives forever. And that word lives on the inside of us. Amen. Let's see what we got first. Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells within you? Right here. You know, a lot of people might think that that's blasphemy. You know, when Jesus said, he claimed that his, his uh, father was God, they wanted to kill him. They said, that's blasphemy. And he's like, why? Because you, being a mere man, you're making yourself equal with God, calling him your father. Don't we call God our father? So that, that, that would be considered blasphemy way back then because the only way you can call God your father, you have to be at his status of holiness, of righteousness, of blamelessness. But that's our dad. That's our father. That's who we came from. Look beyond your human father, whether you liked him or not, or they were good or, or not. This is just your earthly parent. The real parent is the one in heaven. That'll relieve you of a lot of stress if you have a, a challenging child. You're like, that's your kid, Lord. You know how parents will do that? That's yours. <laughs> when they're doing good, that's mine. That's my boy. That's my girl. But then it's really bad. God, that's yours. We just give that child over to the Lord. I've been there losing sleep for days, and I'm like, and the Lord's like, that's my child. You're just the earthly parent. I'm parent number one. You're parent number two. Get out of the way. I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That'll relieve you a lot of stress. Let's see the next verse. Did I quote them all? I don't see anything else up there. Let me look at my notes. Do you guys mind? I will print my notes one day. Does anybody get anything out of this? Yes. All right. So remember that the word of God is written to one of the three parts of you, and it's written on a, either from a past, present, or future tense. I'll give you an example. Isaiah 53, it's all about Jesus, the Messiah, and what he's going to do when he comes. In verse 4, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs, and he carried our sorrows. Bore is past tense, right? Yeah. He bore them on the cross. And he carried past tense yeah. on the cross. So anytime, you know, like if you're dealing with depression or hurtful feelings or anything that's going to make you sad, wait a minute, Lord, I'm either going to honor this emotion and this feeling or I'm going to honor the cross. I'm going to give that to you because you already suffered this. That's how I learned when I lost two family members and it hurt really bad because I was very close to them. And that, boy, that opportunity to mourn and to hurt comes on you quick. Amen? But then you remember the cross. 
and that the cross already carried this for me. When I was in Bible college, we were in third year, and in third year, they expect a lot from you. They expect these foundations to be really solid and stable in you. So you're kind of surprised when you hear something that's not quite solid. So there was a girl there, and she's telling the classmate next to me, and she goes, he's like, how are you doing with your brother's sudden death? I am struggling. It's hard. I cry all the time. And, and she just goes on and on. And, and my spirit starts getting grieved because I'm thinking, you don't have to. The Holy, that grieves the Holy Spirit that people don't understand how to receive from the finished work of the cross. So I was praying when she was talking. They would combine classes together. So she was in a separate class. We were together. And then I was praying. I said, Lord, give me the opportunity to tell her how you set me free from depression. So the next time we're in class, like a week later, she's talking about the struggle and the hurt and the pain, how much she's hurting, how, how depressing, all these things. And I said, sis, can I share something with you on how God helped me through a situation like that? And she said, sure. So I shared with her, and she said, but, watch out for the buts. She goes, but Mary, you don't understand. In our culture, it's honorable to mourn the death of a loved one. For a certain season of time, I think three months, they're supposed to severely mourn the death of that, that loved one. <clears throat> and I love how the Holy Spirit will just give you something to say that you didn't really premeditate. And I said, I understand, sis, but be careful in honoring your brother's death. You dishonor the Lord's. Does that make sense? And, and I, you know, I put it out there, and I thought, well, let's see, you know. Is she in the fourth ground? Is she going to receive this? And she goes, Mary, I never thought of it that way. See, the Bible says that your traditions of men or even your cultures, your background, it can cancel out the word of God and it's not going to work in your life. To drive out that depression, that fear, that sickness, that worry, that anxiety, whatever it is. Amen? You have to cooperate with one of those two. You're either going to co cooperate with the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ, that's in you, or the law of sin and death. Yeah. Amen? I pretty just saw, hey, I'm pretty much out of time, but did anybody get anything out of this? Are you getting anything out of this? It's really important. So when you read the word, notice if it's talking past, present, or future tense. We all know that the book of Revelation is the future, right? The cross is the past. The renewing of the mind is your soul person. That's happening constantly. Amen. Then you're, you're going to think, oh, wow, that's talking. As he is, so am I. That's talking my spirit. Renewing of the mind here. By his stripes, I was healed. Looking back at the cross. Amen? You see that? And you're like, okay, that's already, that's already happened. I don't feel it. I don't see it in my physical body. The band can kind of come up if you guys want. I don't see it in my physical body. But the fact is, in my spirit, I am healed. I'm just as healthy as God. See when you learn to renew your mind so much, you'll never need a miracle or a healing. Why? Because you've learned to live in the blessings. You've learned to live in the blessings. It's called supernatural health. And I've been around people like that. We could be sick and coughing and sneezing and we're like, sorry, we don't want to hug you or touch you because we don't want to get you sick. And he says, you don't get me sick. I don't get sick. And I thought, yeah, right. Let's just see everybody's sick here, you know, and you're the teacher, and we're all hugging you and touching you. And two years later, I never saw that man sick. Never, never got sick. You know why? He learned to tap into who he was in the spirit and that treasure that he had within. Amen. And he was learning to live 
in the blessings. See, the problem with the miracle, and they're great, but you need a crisis situation to have a miracle. Who wants a crisis? You don't want a crisis. That's not abundant life. And Jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly. That life is Zoe life. That lives in you. Amen? All right, I'm wrapping it up, guys. I don't know if you take notes, if you get a chance, watch this again, and you will find out who you are in Christ, how much he loves you. We are the temple of God. Amen? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I read it early, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, meekness, temperance, long-suffering, you have that with you, in you, because you have God with you. You're in Him, and He's in you, and you are one. And I love this. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, When God seated Christ at His right hand, amen, it says that, that He put Him far above all principality and power and might and dominion and everything that was made. Far above, right? So this is kind of a little pet peeve of mine, but when people say, oh, the devil's under my foot. My Bible says far above, far above. He's far from me. And what's so awesome is that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, and you has he seated together in Christ. One third of me, my spirit man, is already seated with Christ. You're like, how can I be? I mean, I'm here. No, you're thinking just limitations in the spirit. I mean, in your, in your flesh, amen? But your spirit, one-third of your salvation is complete. That's who is one with God. That's who is seated in Christ in heavenly place. That's who is healthy. That's who is prosperous. That's who is blessed, amen? And the more you tap into that, you're going to see your treasure come out. You're going to see the blessings. You don't have to go track them down. They're going to come and track you down, amen? Give the Lord a hand, clap.